Our focus today is on this gift of peace that God gives us. And when we think about peace, there's many things that come to mind. A bit like, often we can think about it from the opposite. You know, when life is not peaceful, it's easy to go, oh, if life was only like this. Like yesterday morning, I was not impressed at 7.30 when they decided to do renovations. Because you might think the city's busy, but at 7.30 on a Saturday morning, when there's no school, this street is pretty good. It's pretty quiet, right? There's a few rides. There was... Yeah, there's a little bit, but not, not that much noise, but banging constantly at 7.30. And mind you, we did the night before, we had some issues because they're fixing up stuff along College Road and they're working to five o'clock in the morning. So we knew that was coming, so we adjust for that, but that was thing. And that's what can happen when, when, when you think of peace, though. We often think of the opposite, you know, the times when life is not peaceful. Um, a number of people have said, they said, it's very strange in the world that we go to war for peace, right? We have a fight so we can have peace, right? And is that, tr- and someone wisely said, is that really true peace or is it something else? Albert Einstein said, peace is not just the absence of conflict. Peace doesn't come about by doing nothing. Peace comes about by understanding, by spending time and understanding. And so when we look at peace today, we're going to look at both the pros of peace, what it means for us to have peace, why we would like peace, but we're also going to look at it from a biblical context because the biblical understanding of peace brings a dimension to us that's important for us to understand. Near the end of our reading that Nancy read from Romans chapter 15, verse 13, we heard these words, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I invite you just to think about those words for yourself. Because it's kind of a blessing, it's kind of a sending message that Paul's sending to this church in Rome. But God is also giving us this message. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the real blessings of being a pastor is that I get to see people who live out their faith tremendously. And particularly in this area of peace, there's a number of occasions where people were going through traumatic experiences, had traumatic things happening to them, and yet they were at peace. One occasion was a person had a major relationship breakdown. Another occasion, a person said, I'm not supposed to bury my son, but I am. Another occasion has been a loss of um, income and life unexpectedly. Another occasion has been an illness early in in life. And there's been a number of those throughout. And occasionally amongst those, people have been at peace. And there's one lady I remember talking to said, oh, I can't believe how peaceful you are. And she said, without God, I couldn't be. I am peaceful despite all the chaos, all the mess going on in the world because of my relationship with God, because I've kept my eyes and my heart focused on God, recognising what Romans says is true. Out of anything, God can make something good. Out of anything bad, God can make something good. So if you're going through a difficulty, a tragedy, a problem at the moment, can I encourage you to think about focusing on God and trusting God through that? Now, some of those people... Life didn't get better on earth, but they were able to cope with it and they weren't letting that stress them out. 
There's a magnificent picture of peace, and I think it's called the picture of peace. And when you look at it, you don't see a picture of peace initially. Because what you see is this storm, this really ragged weather storm you know, going on. But if you look closely at it, there's this bird on a nest on the edge of a cliff over the top of its chicks. And the chicks are at peace. The chicks are at peace because they have a protected mother. And it's the same for us. We have a protective father. God the Father can help us have peace amongst the storms and difficulties in our lives. So a couple of questions for you to think about. What does it mean for you to have peace with God? Because that is truly the gift of Christmas. You know, we celebrate Jesus coming to earth. We celebrate Jesus, baby Jesus. But when you look at Jesus, and this is why we're lighting the Advent candles, is that we get four major gifts. We get hope, we get peace, we get love, we get joy. But today I would like you to think about what does it mean for you to have peace with God? And secondly... How does peace with God lead you to having peace with others? How does peace with God lead you to having peace with others? Peace is important. If you go back through history, there's some common things that happen when peace exists. When peace exists, people are cared for better. People don't think of just themselves, but they think of others more when peace is around. When peace exists... People have more hope. They are more hopeful that life will come be good. When peace exists, people are more innovative. They're not stressed out thinking about how I'm going to get through the day, but they have to think creatively and do some innovative things. I know of a number of organisations that actually say to their staff, spend 15% of your time doing something innovative. We don't care what you're going to have to do. You don't have to account for it apart from just do things innovative. And there's been some great stories that come out of that. You know the sticky notes? The 3M sticky notes? That came out of that. They had this glue that wasn't sticking properly. right? And some dude used that 15% of his time to work on, what can I do to make use of this glue that doesn't stick properly? And now we're a blessing of that. Because he didn't have to produce something else. When there's peace in people's lives, communities grow... And vice versa, when there's not, they actually shrink. And if you go around church land, around the church, and you talk to congregations when there's been peace in the church, they've grown. But when there hasn't been peace, people have left. People don't want to be part of it. And more stuff happens when there's peace. In fact, there's a, in history, they talk about um, the peace of Rome. When Rome was in control, whether you like Rome and we, we, I'll talk a little bit about the negative effects of Rome, but when Rome was in control and people were at peace with Rome, there was a major innovation that happened that helped people around the world, and that was the development of roads. It created the ability for Christianity to be shared more widely. It helped people earn money from other sources because they could go to more places. And so peace is important for us, and peace with God is very important for us particularly in our relationship with God. So something to think about is how do we expand our understanding of peace? Peace is often seen as a time of no conflict, a time of doing nothing. 
is what some people say. If I do nothing, we'll just have peace. And people sometimes use that as a justification. If I do nothing, say nothing, we'll have peace. But I ask, are you really having peace? Is it true peace? I can think of sometimes when I've done that and I've been stirred up inside, I haven't been peaceful, right? There might have been peaceful in relationship, but I've been stirred up inside. This second part of the quote comes from quite a number of sources that say something similar. But peace is more than no conflict. It's the ability to respond to and handle difficult situations in peaceful ways, in ways that build and not destroy. God has given us the gift of peace. And if you think about it, God has used his initiative to give us peace. And he's done it so we can be built up and encouraged. So I invite you to think about some of the situations, some of the relationships you have where they might not be totally peaceful. And some of those you may have shelved and thought, I don't want to deal with those. But think about what might it mean for you to have peace in those situations. For us as Christians, the important thing to keep in mind is that the peace we have in our life needs to start with God. It shouldn't start with other things. Otherwise, we'll get derailed, we'll, start, we'll lose sight of God or we'll develop a false peace. It should start with God. And it does start with God and that is the gift of Jesus to us. One of the big gifts of Jesus is he gives us peace with God. A little bit like I was talking with Christian. Right? We don't go to God and be scared. We can go to God and be confident that God loves us and he's not going to condemn us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2, Paul writing to the same church in Rome, he said this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God is at peace with you. He doesn't look at your sins and say, I've got trouble with you. He doesn't look at you and go, you're not good enough. He doesn't look at you and say, I'm not quite sure whether I accept you into heaven. Prove yourself. He's at peace with you. Not because of what you've done. Not because of how much knowledge you have about him. But because of what Jesus has done. What Jesus did for us on the cross through the tomb and what Jesus is doing for us now, representing us to God. And this is a true gift of Christmas. And that's important for us to constantly keep in mind as Christians, that we don't have to stress is, do we really have peace with God? Occasionally I come across some Christians who go, I hope I'm going to heaven. I think I might be going to heaven. And often behind that, when we have a discussion is, I don't know whether I'm good enough to go to heaven. I don't know whether I've done enough. I don't know whether this sin has really been paid for. And often they mean, have I done enough to pay for it? If you trust Jesus, what he's done on the cross, you have peace with God. You can be confident that God doesn't see you as a person he wants to reject, but brother and person that he's going to embrace and accept into heaven. And so we then come to our passage today from Romans 15. Our passage today encourages us not just to receive peace from God, but also to be people who share peace with God. Encourage us to live at peace with others. 
being shaped by Jesus, not our ethnicity nor our social status. Now, some background that helps us unpack and understand this passage is Paul is writing to the church in Rome. And the church in Rome is an interesting bunch of people. Right? There are two things going against them for them to have peace. They don't have peace with the government at the time. The Romans were suspicious of Christians. And they do things like this. Neil! We're taking you to the Colosseum and we want you to play with the lions. They would capture Christians. Now imagine walking around in that society where you could be snatched off the street and put in the Colosseum simply because you believed in Jesus. That was one of the problems they had. And the other problem they had was our mixed church. They had Jews and Gentiles. And the Jews, some of the Jews, thought they were better than the other. And they'd say things exactly like... John was staying to the Pharisees and Sadducees. They'd say things like, we are Father Abraham, we're a bit better than you. But the Gentiles would also say the same thing, something similar. Oh, at least we're not carrying all that Jewish tradition. Right? We're a lot better than you because we're not hanging on to any of our Jewish stuff. And sometimes, even though they were supposed to be focusing on Jesus... They weren't. They were focusing on themselves, where they come from, their background. They are focusing on all the other stuff apart from Jesus. And so this is why it's important for us to have this ongoing, constant relationship with Jesus. As humans, we slip into those things. We slip into things, and our church has got one of, the area, one of these areas, the ethnicity. They say things, Fox is not really a German name. <laughs> not spelled that way anyway. And that's where we've missed the point. Our point is not about focusing on our ethnicity. Our point is about focusing on Jesus and allowing that focus of Jesus and the peace he gives us to affect who we are and how we live with others. And so Romans chapter 5, verse 4 to 13 highlights and encourages us to live at peace. And living at peace involves, first of all, endurance. Endurance where we'll need God's help, and particularly with engaging in the world. Paul begins in saying, highlighting how important it is to engage in the word, but an encouragement to have endurance. Now, I invite you to think about, have you ever had a problem with somebody, a difficulty with somebody, and you've wanted that relationship fixed? There's three ways that can go. One is it is you could walk in and go, I'm going to fix it today. Right? Take it on head on. Robbie, you're shaking your head. <laughs> Ain't going to work, is it? <laughs> Most times, unless the other person's on the same page as you. And often you need endurance and to spend time with people. Right? God has, we, we, we read later in Peter that God has patience with us. And so we need endurance to have patience with others. Think about your relationships. Is it about you getting something or is it about you having a good relationship? The other way it can go, which ends it quickly, is if you're not playing my game, I'm taking my ball and running. We could run away from the relationship. Well, the third way is to spend time with person. Expecting this to take 
a longer time than we would like. And that's where we need endurance. We also need it with God. How many times have you had a prayer with God and prayed a prayer and hasn't been answered the next day? I've had many. My mother has many. Right? And I'm a living example of my mum having endurance of praying the same prayer time after time after time. And I have to remind her of that from time to time because she's now praying for my sisters. And she goes, ah, oh, isn't God listening to me? Well, the reality is he is. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Something I could ask him in heaven why it took so long. But it's worth remembering that often good relationships don't happen overnight. And we'll need the endurance if we want to have peace with people. The second point is that we are to focus on Jesus together and particularly worshipping together. Worshipping Jesus together. In verses 5 and 6, Paul encourages the community to worship together, to focus on together, to be a community together. Because when we come together, we start to love each other more. Particularly when we focus on Jesus. Because our common thread is not ourselves. It's not our background, it's not our ethnicity, it's not our social status, it's not our career, but it's Jesus. And there's an important thing about this of being together and not being an individual. There's a myth that I don't think is healthy, that many people think I can be a Christian and not be part of a, a worshipping community. I think it's very dangerous because you need other people's faith to help you in your faith. And as part of that, and this is what happens when we worship together, you begin to accept others. So living at peace involves accepting others. I am sure some of you probably look at me and go, I wish Pastor Richard wouldn't do that. It really gripes me. And I'm sure there's probably other people in our church who do the same. But think about it. What happens when we accept each other? Is everyone as perfect as you? Um, one day I thought, oh, I wish everyone was like me in church and then we'd have no problems. Then I realised that's a lot of hard work. And there's some things I don't like about myself. <laughs> right? So it's about accepting others. About Living at peace is about accepting others. Now when I did the Arrow Leadership Program, there was a good little phrase that this lady used. And she says... In our churches, when we have differences, we need to ask a question. Is it a preference or is it a problem? Is it a preference or is it a problem? If it's a preference, accept others. If it's a problem, deal with it. Often, though, I think what happens is we make our preferences the problem. We make them the big issues and we lose sight when we do that. We're more focusing on ourselves and less on Jesus. And so this encouragement from Paul to the church in Rome and to the church today is to ask that question. How do we go about accepting others? Are we willing to accept the people around us? Because if we are, we'll live at peace. And the next point, which he strongly encourages, if we're going to have peace... Come with an attitude, I'm here to serve others. I'm here to serve others. 
And he points to Jesus. Not looking after himself, but looking after the needs of others, us, as that model. So what might that mean for you as part of this church? I'm here to serve others. What might it mean to come with an attitude, not just to put up my hand, I'm going to do something, but to have an attitude of service to help others, to go out of, go out of your way to make sure somebody has a better experience with this congregation and with Jesus. Now amongst all that, living at peace also requires one last thing that Paul highlights. And that is we need to trust God. We need to have trust in God. Because if you come back to the earlier thing of endurance, sometimes, sometimes we never see life get better in certain situations. Like some of those people that I mentioned. But we need to trust God that he's at work and he's using that for good. Sometimes we won't even see it in our lifetime, but somebody else may see it. And that's one of the benefits of being part of the church, is we've been blessed by people who've done stuff beforehand. And they have never known how much they've blessed you. The thing with peacemaking, being a person of peace, it's not about you being comfortable or me being comfortable. It's about people experiencing God through you. So think about the week you have coming up. What are some of the relationship situations you're going to face? And how might you reflect God's peace in those situations? How might you help somebody else experience peace from God through you? Not so you get something, but so they are blessed as you prepare for Advent, as you prepare for Christmas. You see, as we prepare for Christmas and Christ's second covenant, living at peace is important for us. And it starts by first recognising we all have peace with God because of Jesus. And I encourage you to every day think about that. I'm at peace with God. And if you're not, if you don't feel at peace with God, whatever it's about, that's a point of confession. It's a time where I'd confess sins. Secondly, take time to thank Jesus for the gift of peace with God that he has given you. Because only he can give us peace with God. Only his life and his death and his resurrection can give us peace with God. So take time to thank him and express that thank in whatever way, thanks, whatever way you feel comfortable with. And lastly, live as a person focused on peace. Live as a person of, for every relationship that you want this to be a relationship where people experience God's peace through you. And that means enduring, allowing time for things to unfold. It means focusing on Jesus. It means worshipping God with others. It means accepting others. It means having an attitude of I'm here to serve. 
And it means ultimately trusting God, regardless of what's happening, of how well things are going. Because when we live at peace, we are reflecting some of God's light in the world. But now we're not going to get it perfect. At times we're going to get angry. Like the irony for me is I'm driving, coming down the lane to pull into the garage and some joker decides to park on the driveway as we come in. And I bit my horn and he did the polite thing and gave me the middle finger. And wasn't going to move. And I had to tell him I had to go down the driveway. And I got a bit frustrated. But then I remembered I'm preaching on peace. (laughs) And that brought me back to focusing on God. And I lost my anger. As verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. In other words, if you are struggling with peace, spend time in God. Use the devotions that we've gave you last week on the bookmark and we're putting on Facebook as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit because peace with God will lead you to be a person of hope, a person focused on Jesus and a person trusting God. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for the love and the peace you have given us through Jesus. As we prepare for Christmas this Advent season, may your peace reign in our lives. May you help us to deal with whatever's going on in our lives in a way that is healthy, in a way that reflects who you are. May you help us to deal with bad situations in a peaceful way. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us true peace, peace that we can receive from Jesus. I ask your blessing on each person here. May they know that they have peace with you and may they reflect that peace every day of their lives. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.